What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we are out here, you know what I'm saying, chilling in the igloo, you know what I'm saying, global warming, working its way out there. But right now we have to come back, you know what I'm saying, erratic weather, you know what I'm saying, the U.S. is now drowned in a cold wave, you know, getting that, back to that Arctic weather, you know what I'm saying, back to the prehistoric times, <laughs> because that's what will be sooner, sooner than we expect. <laughs> um, man, I I was not expecting brick this winter. They said that New York was in a subtropical climate. I was ready. Yeah, I was ready that's... for my Miami vibes this winter. <laughs> and global vibes, warming has man. failed me again. They were like, this boomerang is like, you know, some days you might be in Africa, some days you might be fighting polar bears. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, as usual, we love y'all. We're back. It's a new year, 2024. And, you know, despite our best intentions, you know, that midnight roll, we're all like, hey, you know, this year is going to be better. It's going to be awesome. World peace. It's the same shit. (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> 2024 is like all the memes that dropped like you know the cat williams shit like 2024 like started off like crazy we came we like, came out it's it's the it, the year came in drinking incredible hulks in the club basically <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, all right so what we're we gonna kick it off with man I mean, uh, I guess sad, saddish news, but uh, rest in peace, Pitchfork. I mean, it's it's kind of it's it's up. It's it's technically running. You know, I see some reviews that were obviously in the pipe, kind of showing up. But uh, if you haven't heard, Condé Nast basically sent an email out saying that GQ will be folded under. I mean, GQ Pitchfork will be folded under GQ. And as a result, you know, there's been mass firings of editors, editor-in-chief got let go, and basically the future of the site looks very shaky. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of discussion, and, and you know, me, we, me and Stone have gone at Pitchfork a couple times, you Always. know? Always. And I'm not going to be like, you know, it's a site I go to, you know, I probably, even today, only agree with it maybe 20% of the time. You know, it's, it's, it's been problematic. You know, there's been a lot of careers made, a lot of, you know, not to be funny, some careers destroyed because of Pitchfork. Yeah. So it hasn't necessarily always been a force of good. That said, as far as music journalism is concerned, it is the, the above above all. It's, it's something where even if you may disagree with what they're doing, even if you don't like their takes, even if their takes come from, like, let's say, arguably, you know, for much of the years, a very straight male, straight white guy, indie bro focus extremely well written it was a bar it was a bar that if you were going to come out for blog that you're trying to hit you know it kind of raised everybody else's work and it's kind of sad to kind of see it go you know it'd be one thing if it kind of died out because of a natural death because we all moved from blogs but as we all know the you know starting with the quote-unquote pivot to video that the written word on the internet has kind of gotten more and more devalued journalism writing more and more devalued you know ai showing up you have a whole bunch of Editors and CEOs clamping at the bit to kind of get rid of, you know, have more SEO algorithmic created fucking content to put on the web page. And it just kind of, was, it's, a, it's the end of an era. Like, you know, Pitchfork was a brand. Pitchfork was a tastemaker brand where, honestly, like, like this sounds, I hate putting in capitalistic terms, but, bro, that whole Pitchfork era was like a lot. 
like yeah. LA, New York, like it was a cultural force in a way that I don't think I've ever seen. And it's kind of crazy to kind of have it go down. But like I said, the way for it to go down where it kind of gets folded onto GQ, which is basically legacy media kind of trudging on. It's kind of really sad. And, you know, one thing I'll say is that a lot of great writers came through it. A lot of the writing was still superb. They paid their fucking writers. You know, they weren't like a lot of other shitty places that didn't pay their writers on time. Shouts to Essence Magazine. And it kind of <laughs> sucks that, you know, that a place like that is gone. And I think that, you know, love it or hate it, you need a site like that to exist. And it's fucked up that, you know, we don't know what the future will hold, but obviously not the way it's been for the past, I guess, almost 20 years now. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of depressing. Yeah, and it, it was it was kind of a shock to me um, when I heard the news. Um, not a lot of people realize that Pitchfork is under Condé Nast, <laughs> which is like GQ, Bon Appetit, Vogue, and Anna Wintour apparently out here making the decisions. <laughs> Devil wears Prada, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, I I think you know obviously they kind of like laid out that like. You know, maybe the advertising revenue wasn't there uh, for Pitchfork as it is for GQ. Unfortunately, it's a business. But having that said, you know, um, you know, the loss, you know, you know, Pooja Patel, who's the editor who was there for like the past five years. um, I just want to say and like somebody that used to throw parties back in Baltimore back in the day and like it's out by uh, like 10, 15 (laughs) years ago. Um, but, um, you know, like she, at least, you know, as a person of color, um, try to, you know, broaden the audience, um, you know, for, you know, queer audiences, you know, black audiences, like things like that. Like she at least tried to broaden the audience of Pitchfork, um, and Pitchfork kind of going under GQ, which is a very white male brand, um, I guess returns Pitchfork back to its roots <laughs> in a yeah. weird way. Um, but you know, I just, it, it, it's just like a real loss just because they were the only, I mean, you know, like we still have an okay player. We still have like, you know, some of the other sites, but we don't most, okay player lost the editorial a couple of months ago. So. Oh shit. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like, it's the end of air, you know? And, and I think like, that's like the one thing that's just super crazy right now. Um, and there was like this really interesting conversation on Reddit or I think Reddit or threads and they're talking about. Like somebody's like, well, we have, you know, like, like we don't need gatekeepers anymore because we have all access to all the music in the world and like, you know, like whatever. And like somebody countered saying like, you have algorithms as your gatekeepers as opposed to like real humans. And like, there's a counter to that where it's like, well, real humans are like these kind of like holier than thou kind of like writers in Brooklyn <laughs> True. who are just like trying to determine what's cool. And you know, for for you know, a limited audience. So it was a really interesting discussion, right? Like like maybe it's just the end of the era and we have to accept it. And maybe, you know, it's good to not have gatekeepers. Uh, you know, obviously Pitchfork I I think really got high off of like, you know, killing people's careers. Um, oh yeah. And they were like the gatekeeper's gatekeeper. Like and it sucks, man. Like you know that uh, we keep talking about that band, the Black Kids, and they literally they give them like a point zero seven review, and that killed their career. And I'm sure everybody at Pitchfork was like, <laughs> you know, giggling up that night. Yeah, like you know. Yeah. So I, you know, I, there's two extremes. I don't know what what the right the right thing is. Um, like I said, you know, I, it's almost like losing like a 
a, a drunk uncle or something. Like, you know, <laughs> you hated them, but they also were family. And I think like for us coming from the music, you know, criticism world, the music industry, you know, Pitchfork was kind of, kind of family. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I struggle with it because I still think overall they did. I think the sweet spot was when they praised new, interesting music. Yeah. And like go back to your point, a lot of times they kind of got high on their own supplies where they really took on the gatekeeper mode. But at the same time, I think the issue with the algorithm is that I'm not going to... The problem is, that, let's be honest with you, the, the algorithm will is getting games and will get games even more. So I, ultimately, the algorithm will, it will eventually kind of settle back to basically, I hate to say it, its original form, just radio programming. And it's, you know, like right now, I could go listen to Spotify and it will kind of sometimes give me like a deep cut act that's related. But, yeah. you know, you've got an issue of where Spotify is basically kind of exchanging with artists that for quote-unquote revenue, they'll put you higher in fucking the algorithmic fucking math. You've got issues like Rap Caviar, which is basically are just literally this a, a regulated fucking old-school radio playlist that is by placing it on there automatically will fucking for your algorithm. You know, to a certain extent, I, I think that, you know, and not to say humans can't be biased, not to say humans can't power trip, I would say that, and I guess it's going to sound very weird, the pretentiousness does kind of control it to a degree. The idea that you kind of want to be the guy to break the hotness, you want to be the guy to kind of say, hey, this is the this new act is the coolest new act, at least kind of make sure that the new act kind of gets looked. Again, there's always an issue like the black kids of where somebody could be like on some like, well, whatever, that guy stole my beer at a party, so I'm giving his album a fucking 0.1. <laughs> but... Overall, I think the idea of where, you know, pushing things that aren't in the algorithm was an important thing. And I think when Pitchfork was on it, they were really on it. The problem is that, you know, without Pitchfork, there's no real replacement. You yeah. know, OK Player got gutted. Bandcamp was actually doing really well with his, like, uh, editorial stuff. Like, they would have, like, these genre breakdowns. And, you know, they would never really shit on the album, which is, I think, where Pitchfork messed up a lot of times. But they were very much like, yo, his, uh, like, there was a... Like, I remember they put me onto this dope, like, techno album where it was a Colombian woman living in Berlin, and she was trying to put more, like, her, you know, more Latinx beats into her stuff, and it's a dope record. I didn't see it from Pitchfork. I didn't see it from the fucking YouTube. It was just banking, kind of saying, hey, this person's dope. And, you know, that they were doing good work also, but that editorial, too, got fucking massacred recently. Yeah. So it was like, at a certain point, it kind of sucks because, you know, it can't be like Anthony Fantano holding down <laughs> music criticism for everything. Yeah. <laughs> the man can't be cloned. <laughs> I, I know, and it's kind of crazy, too, because, like, I, I, you know, look, we're men of a certain age, so I think we grew up with, like, you know, music criticism, you know, five mics, you know, we, we grew up with that whole thing. I, 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 again, like, this might be going the way of, like, you know, I don't know, like, the cassette tape, which is also Oof. making a comeback <laughs> in a weird way. But you know, so it's, it's 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 you know maybe it's it's kind of reached this peak. Um, I don't know. I, I I do miss a world where because the algorithm just gets it wrong for me all the time, right? It just like it just doesn't. It, it's programmed almost like you know terrestrial radio where they play the same five songs or they play like something that sounds like the same five songs because they don't want you to turn away. Cause they think that if you like, they give you like guns and roses, you're going to be like, what is this? What <laughs> and then like, you know, leave. Right. So I, I think the algorithm is, it's just like really a really intense version of terrestrial radio. And like, you know, obviously there's a lot of people that don't want that. There's a, you know, we have this whole world of music now. So um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to rise from the, from the ashes, but I, 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 I agree. I, I think there's something, there needs to be something. 
right? We, yeah, we can't just like turn over everything to computers. Yeah, and, and I think it's cool. And again, even if I disagreed with like Pitchfork or even like the old school scores and everything else, it gave us a common language. Like you kind of knew how to talk about it. And because yeah. it got to be funny, and I just say it's tied together, but I got into a terrible argument online because somebody was saying that Linkin Park is the, one of the greatest bands in the world, like of all times, like like up there with the Beatles type shit. And then they're like, oh, this and that, and you know, his lyrics. And again, Recipes Chester, great singer, you know, solid band. I'm not saying that that's solid, great players. But it's just like, bruh, if you're giving to me, like, oh, well, they sold a lot of records, you know, their, lyric, their lyrics were about pain. I'm just like, I'm like clicking park. <laughs> they were, oh, my favorite. <laughs> they, they were the first to combine rap, rock, and electronics. Mm. That was, that was, the, and then the thing is, so at a certain point, it's like, you know, and, you know, it's a fun discussion, but what I liked about like the idea of music criticism, it kind of makes it a, a broad sense. Like, hey, this album is dope. And it's like this album is dope, and they'll break it down like, oh, because you know there's a lot of jazz in it, and it kind of gives a it it broadens your musical knowledge in general because it yeah. is an art, and it's something by reading. Because I remember like when I was a little kid, I used to love again. This is another I'm not saying it was a good magazine, particularly at the time in the '90s when they were doing a lot of interesting fucking editorial choices, but like Rolling Stone. So like Rolling Stone was something what I would read and I would disagree with their reviews almost every single one. But the idea of reading somebody kind of saying, here's my statement and backing up that statement with facts or opinion was a way to kind of debate things out as opposed to feel. And I think that what I fear of the algorithm, what I fear of the YouTube characters, Fantano, even though I have my issues with standing because he does actually do a really good example of kind of trying to at least back up his arguments of facts is the idea of where you kind of do need to look at things critically sometimes. And I think by losing that, we kind of lose something, particularly with, and again, not to kind of make it like music journalism is everything, you know, it's a lot of other shit that we're not losing critical thinking for, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that ultimately I want to say like, you know, cause there's always an argument about music being dumber and X, Y, Z, but it felt like music criticism and taking it seriously was always, even if it's you and your boys arguing about, you know, Biggie record back in the, in the fucking lunchroom, there's always a certain level of, if you're a music fan, if you're a music enthusiast, you like talking about it. And I think less spaces to talk about it. It's always a big loss. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and side mm. note about Rolling Stone, by the way, uh, uh -oh. speaking of a fall, I was like Googling like best nonstick cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Pan, and apparently there's an article on Rolling Stone about that. <laughs> that because, SEO baby got to get an engagement, you know, because like the 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 you know it used to be the the uh, the the magazine of record, although there was like mad racist back in the day. The magazine of rock and roll has <laughs> fallen so mightily that they're trying to game SEO to to sell me a cooking accessory, <laughs> a cooking pan. <laughs> but uh but yeah and, and i guess the one thing i want to say is go going back to puya like towards the end of the you know again even now i had some issues with it but it's one thing i could never have an issue with is the writing and the editorial idea was superb all the writers are dope alphonse pierce i would kind of go there just to kind of get the in the weed rap fucking rundown every week like they were doing great their, their sunday review of classic records like they were doing great work just just writing wise up until the very end and i just want all those dudes and do that land on their feet because they're definitely talented individuals so yeah, you know for sure that's all i want to put out there yeah um i'll pick this one up governor's ball that's right coachella's littler 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 cousin on the first fourth side you know the big new york city turned up you know what i'm saying the 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 big festival that 
where all the little grubby kids will hop on a train and go to Randall's Island. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this year is a very interesting one. We've got Post Malone, who surprises me who, that he's still very big, but also not surprising. No. The Killers, who definitely surprises me every time I'm just like, God damn it, how are these dudes this big? Um, I don't know. It's to me, it's 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 a perfect rundown of where the live music kind of industry is, and that's basically dead. You know, you've got SZA there also headlining, but for the most part, this is stuff where, you know, I I get it, but I don't get it. You know, Renee Rapp, she's an actress with a couple of songs in Mean Girls. I don't know why she has that slot. You know, obviously, I'm always up for a Sexy Red to get a check. You know, obviously, I'm always up for a Don Tava to get a check. You know, I kind of get Carla Rae Jepsen because going back to Pitchfork in, you know, 2024, they love her. But at a certain point, you kind of fall into the issue of where it feels like it's just kind of the same acts over and over again. And, you know, where even though Coachella was a place of where as a young band, you could kind of break out. It feels like everything is almost preordained here and it's kind of depressing. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple things happening here. Number one, I think music is just in a weird place. And I think Taylor and Beyonce kind of sucked up all the energy um, you, know, you know, in terms of just the popular music space. Um, number two, I, I, I think that there's so many festivals now that if you're not like booking your festival like a year and a half in advance, there's so many restrictions in terms of like if you play this festival, you can't play that festival. Um, so I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised in terms of like, you know, some of the headliners being like the killers, right? Um, but and I think like the third thing too is just like you have like uh, I want to mispronounce this dude's name, Raul Alejandro Peso Pluma. Um, yeah. You know, like like that. I think it's like, the most interesting thing. And I'm actually not going to be an old man and rag on this. Like, what is this? Speak American. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, obviously, I think you know when you look at the numbers. Like, like they're topping the Spotify charts, right? So, you know, I'm not going to be like, a, what is this? But um, it's definitely like a different take. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, like Peso Pluma is out here. Uh, hopefully he has the best security because all he's doing is like <laughs> yeah, that's antagonizing that's that's narcos in Mexico. I'm just saying that there's a, there's a heavy Mexican presence in New York City, so you know better watch your back. You know, like <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know if I pray for him. I actually don't know, but I'm just like you know, like you out here just trying to like antagonize narcos. Like, come on, fam. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess like like narcos aren't like Russians. Like Russians will get you wherever you are. Like, <laughs> I don't know if narcos <laughs> cross the border. You know. Um, but you know, like, but, but yeah, like Post Malone is also like a weird one too, just because he hasn't put out a project this year, right? Like he's, he's like now he's doing like he was trying to do like this country stuff or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's like actually official, but it's just like I guess he's you know he's going to coast off the strength of his projects like two years ago, I guess. But even that was kind of a, a like a, a weird get, but. You know, outside of that, I, you know, when you look at like the big stars of last year, I think it's just they're like they're beyond festivals. Like, you know, uh, and nobody wants to touch Travis Scott, you know. Olivia yeah. Rodrigo is like, you know, probably not going to like play a festival, not Governor's Ball. Um, Taylor, you're not going to get that. Beyonce, you're not going to get that. You know, like, like, I, I, it's just like a weird time in music in terms of like what's popular 
what's going to move the needle, what's going to get people to buy tickets. So I am kind of curious, like how this is going to go um, this year. I know Governor Ball, Governor's Ball has kind of struggled in the past with selling tickets. Um, so this one, this lineup is just going to be a, a test, I think. So I'm kind of curious how it's going to all play out. Um, unless I'm getting VIP tickets, I'm not going. So y'all report back and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. This is, this is a show where we kind of get top tier talent where Connie would play, you know, pre Nazi Kanye. So definitely it's a step down. I mean, it's, it's in a, it's in a word space. I mean, I could say that I don't, at least I don't see any like caged elephants or usual, like, you know, let me slot this band in, in the middle of the concert to pat it out. And then, you know, and I guess it is time because how do you have your new, your, you know, for you to become a festival headliner, you have to start, I guess, lower on the font. I mean, you know, by the same time, it's just like, you know, like I say, I look at Rene Rapp. I look at Labyrinth, where it's like, you know, his claim to fame. And no diss to him because those, song, those songs are like he's a good producer, but it's still the guy who produces songs for Euphoria. Like at a certain point, it's like, what's making me go out there to go see it? And, you know, SZA definitely is. But I could also make the argument SZA was here you know, two months ago, playing Barclays, you know, you didn't have to wait online for five hours. You have to, like, get your feet fucking your knee, bad knees. You can sit down and watch this and play all the hits nice and locally. So even that's even weird itself because it's not like she's, like, hasn't been in the New York City market for a minute. She was here, you know, by the time the show happens, probably, what, six months ago, seven months ago? Yeah. So it's not even like she's, like, new popping in. So I don't, you know, it's it's in a weird space. Like, I will say it's nice to see, like, Sexy Red get a check. You know, I fuck with Nantala for hard. I think he's kind of underrated. You know, you don't. I don't really see him as a festival kind of person, but it's cool he's here also. Victoria Monet is kind of blowing up. Nice to see her get a check. You know, but at the same time, it's again, it's it's very interesting because even looking at this list now, nothing here really screams as festival. Twenty One Savage, love Twenty One Savage. Is he the kind of person? Twenty One Savage is basically like fucking you know four foot five. Like he's is he is he gonna fill up a festival stage? Like, I don't know. You know, it's going to be him and, like, three dudes. What kind of stage setup will he have? Will there be lights? Will there be fucking fire throw, you know, flamethrowers? It's going to be just, you know, 21 Savage on stage. And, then, and again, not saying that doesn't really serve well. I would love to see 21 Savage live. But the idea of, like, a big festival act taking over and, like, blowing up and, you know, I just don't really see it. And I think it's in a weird space. You know, God bless everybody getting a check, you know, particularly some of these artists. I like them a lot, you know. But at the same time, it is in a weird space. Yeah, uh, shout out to TV Girl. Like this, this, uh, this dude. Like it's like kind of a one man band. I was, I follow like maybe ten years ago. Uh, it makes like this kind of like quirky, eclectic, like kind of indie rockish type type music. Um, or like he's he's got the second level. Like he's on the same level next to Sexy Red. Yeah, and I you know I look. I don't know how, what politics happened. <laughs> behind the scene because i know like the the font sizes it's like a big thing man like the font sizes and placement on these are like super huge uh you know but uh i i can't be mad i can't be mad like you're you're making like your your solo guitar like looping like five times indie rock and you're in the same level as like carly ray jepson and sexy red so uh i i don't know if that's like because of (laughs) the dearth of of candidates or or what but shout but out to you Faye Webster Faye, I fuck with Faye Webster hard you put me on to her yeah, yeah, and it's just like yo she's like right there second line too so it's like how is she and again shout out to Faye Webster again singer songwriter 
a lot of acoustic or un like how is she gonna entertain like twenty thousand motherfuckers hopped on a Bud Light and fucking Molly? Like again, oh. not to say she's not that kind of artist, but she's definitely somebody darkness indoors, good acoustics, which is not anything but a festival. You know, I, I yeah, I, I actually didn't even see that. Like that, that actually uh, get your bag though. Get your bag. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know. Everybody get your bag. We're clowning, but get that money. Get that white people money. <laughs> get Everybody. To, get that money. Like <laughs> Dochi, get that bag. Tyler, get that bag. All you motherfuckers, whatever we're saying here, don't don't Tizo, absolutely get that shit. Like, like yeah. get get paid in advance though. Get get paid in advance. <laughs> <laughs> but then here's the evil question, but maybe like, you know, similar to Coachella, where right now I, I guarantee you. Probably 80% of the people going to Coachella has no idea who's actually playing Coachella when they buy those tickets. So it's like, oh. like literally, did I give a fuck? It's just a thing. And maybe that's what it is now, where at a certain point, maybe the event is the event. Like, it's not the fact of Scissors headlining. It's the fact of, hey, you know, we've gone to Governor's Ball a couple of years in the past. We have so much fun. So they'll buy those tickets off GP. I don't know. You're probably right. You're probably right. And that's so dark because it's just like it's supposed to be a music festival, not just like, you know, a hangout spot to like, you know, do bad drugs. Wait, they they play music here? Dude. <laughs> Whoa, man. Scissors here. I had no idea. Yo, I thought I thought it was just somebody Spotify playing in the background, dude. She's actually here, man. Oh shit, no, that's sexy red. <laughs> Which actually, talking about team ups, sexy red X scissor is is <laughs> definitely that Venn diagram is is not a perfect circle, but definitely a huge overlap there. Like there the needs a, to be a remix. The A and R need to, to get on that. The A and R need to get on that for sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely <laughs> the, the 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 female toxicity is, is right there. That Venn diagram. I mean, there'd, there'd be a lot of like I guess fuck girl, fuck girl tracks. That'd be perfect right there. <laughs> <laughs> like Kill Bill, fucking sexy red hop on sexy red hop on there. Talking about you know she quotes you know totes blocks go totes blocks with blocks with blocks. I can imagine that. <laughs> oh man! All right, where, where, where are we going with this? Uh, oh, okay. we, Our we, favorite of, of all time. Did what? what the, the, uh, how can we forget the Grammys, Stone? The Grammys. We. I tried to forget, and then you I, just reminded me. <laughs> how could you? Uh, we love the Grammys. I, I was trying I, to dance around it. <laughs> I love. Look, every, you know, staying up till you know four or five hours of boring acts. You know what I'm saying? Of 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 trying to Chris Stapleton, you know, every year I listen I listen to my one country song and it's like Chris Stapleton <laughs> playing the Grammys. I mean, it's it's held me down. You know what I'm saying? Ah oh, shit! Oh no! It's the it's the paywall. But yeah, um, Grammys are this year. Um, this year, Scissor's been nominated for I think she's the most nominated artist. Which from last year's, let's not hold that <laughs> to yeah. actually being the odds yes. of her actually winning. I wouldn't even show up. I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm good. Like, like I'm not gonna go through the roller coaster again. You know. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, again like I, I feel like mainstream music is just in a weird place right now. Um, I, I think I remember a few like people, like, you know, like 
like SZA, obviously Olivia Rodrigo, um, who apparently the album slaps. Um, but I've it's I've listened to it a lot. It feels like uh, uh, so. There's been a resurgence of like I guess rock music without being kind of rock. You know, it's very. I'll say like this this and no this, but it's it's very like Atlantis Morissette kind of rock. If you know what I mean, where it's kind of yeah. like this this. Yeah, and then again, I. I I've come around to Elizabeth. I've come around because I realize it's not for me, but it is well done. You know, I, I was definitely screaming out industry plans in the back of my head, but I, I see the vision. And I see what's happening there. I mean, it, it, the only thing is, and I don't want to say edge because obviously nothing has to have edge. Elizio Rodrigo is living her truth, and her truth is, you know, she's a popular star who's makes really good songs. So I don't really expect like odes about like you know failed Plan Bs and shit and fucking depression. But at the same time, it's kind of become this weird, bland kind of sheen of where, like, you know, it's kind of a rock song, but it's kind of a pop song, and it's kind of a techno song, and it's kind of like, you know, definitely goes hard, the Old Navy soundtrack, and, you know, it could be H&M here, and it's like these feminine empowerment fucking songs that aren't really empowering, that it's kind of like saying you've got a bad boyfriend, but we've heard this song 5,000 times from both sides, both genders, or even, like, you know, this this... It's a it's a it's a well it's a well made malaise of music because it's good content. There it is. Yeah, Great I mean, look, I, I I've heard the Olivia Rodrigo and Lance Morissette conversation like comparisons, and I'm sorry, a Lance had an edge, and like Olivia yeah. had like, no edge, and you know, but it, it's again like you know when you think about the Grammys, it's it's just kind of like it's 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 safe music. Um, so, and I don't know if I'm assuming Taylor might be nominated, but I'm not really sure. Nominated. Um, she's nominated for a couple. It's, it's her and scissor. I believe we're kind of fighting after some of the big categories. And the, like, you know, the sad, the sad thing is like Taylor will probably win. Um, and, but Taylor being Taylor and knowing her brand, she's probably going to be like, Oh, I dedicate my award to scissor. Right. Like <laughs> I already see that in my head, <laughs> you know, it's like, 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 you know, um and taylor you know taylor doing this kind of performative act is going to get her so much like you know buzz as opposed to taylor like basically running the music industry like making sure like (laughs) (laughs) she fixes the actual system um which i don't know i I guess that's not taylor's like thing to do but you know she probably has more you know pulls in scissor um but i i kind of see that happening i don't know man like I, i i'm i'm just really curious about how everything's going to go down um just because again like like music is it's kind of weirdly like super popular but not popular at all right like you know we went to like the like the uh the little sim show and like sold out she sold out two nights but like i don't know like it just didn't feel like i didn't feel the energy sometimes right i feel like people like consider music almost like a spectator sport you know you know it's it it goes it's it's an event it's not really music it's like we don't really care i mean the the musician obviously matters because that has the vibe the music obviously matters because it has the vibe but the idea of this speaking to my soul or you know i I went through a tough time or you know this song reminds me of high school or you know kindergarten or whatever i think to a certain extent a lot of that's kind of faded away it's kind of it's definitely in a weird space yeah, and then, you know, like like even like looking at pop music, you have like Olivia Rodrigo, Doja Cat, like um you know, like 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 
you know, like people are trying, you know, Ice Spice maybe, but like even in, in the quote unquote pop realm, um, I, I guess like Tate McRae, I don't know. Like there's just like nobody is like, we, we it, it just feels like the era of like the Taylor Swift's, the Beyonce's, the Lady Gaga's, like the, like the, you know, like these pop, like arena feeling, you know, like stadium feeling pop stars is kind of over as well. So I'm I'm just kind of curious, like what people are really excited by. Um, it seems like the TikTok era, like people are excited by like 30 second clips of things, you know. And I, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious how, how that's going to trickle down to to the Grammys, um, and then also to like how the Grammys are going to utterly embarrass themselves trying to like t- cater to the young generation. It, it, we'll have we'll have TikTok performances, whereas it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be like Dave Grohl and like fucking little baby singing like fucking old Elvis tunes or something for like twenty seconds. <laughs> a quick, a quick fucking pan camera left, pan camera back. That's it. <sighs> oh man. Uh, all right. So uh, you want to head to the, uh, the 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 new music section? Yes. Let's 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 let's, let's walk over to the to the H and M. You know, H and M. Let's go to uh, HMV? Sam Goody. Same, HMV. Sam Goody. HMV. Sam Goody. Yeah. HMV. You Tower know, the new music section. Tower Records. What your Yo. kids know about Tower Records? Yo, it, like the Virgin Megastore, man. The Whew. Virgin Megastore. Like, oh man, the kids Whew. don't know. Kids, kids do not know. And like now they're like, what does that mean? They're gonna like, you know, Google that. It's gonna be like an OnlyFans page. But... <laughs> OnlyFans, you porn was the only one who bought the brands. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all like sex workers wearing their fucking merch <laughs> for like forty five dollar fucking socks and tees. <laughs> the world of content. Oh man. Uh, so look, let's let's talk about this Kid Cudi because uh, Kid Cudi dropped a new album. And uh, I, I I love your your uh, your take on this. Uh, it's like DJ drama record on on, on Ambien. Yes. <laughs> and I I have words to say about the Kid Cudi album, but I am going to have you go first. I mean, uh, all right. Look, I am going to admit it. I am, I am not the biggest Kid Cudi fan. I am not the Kid Cudi demographic, but I respect Kid Cudi. Right. So I'm somebody where. I listen to all his work. I understand where he's working from. I understand his angle. And, and I think my take has always been like, I think he's a very smart songwriter, but a terrible artist. I think going back to the idea of like, I think he's got good taste. I think he's got good in, like instincts. I would not necessarily put him as like, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily put him as anybody who I'd run to go listen to per se or go see. But I always give a listen because I always see, I always hear some good ideas. It may not be for me, but I understand. You know what I'm saying? It felt like, you know, like, like, you know, Pursuit of Happiness, like, like that when he was, I forget, I think it was album number two, Man on the Moon. Yeah. We yeah. had Ratatat doing the production that was almost like, for you kids, that was Team Impala before Team Impala. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, he always really had good musical, in, like, instincts. And then, you know, he had a couple of, like, like, swerves here and there. Like, he had a rock album and stuff. And, you know, that wasn't too terribly bad if you go by Lil Wayne methods. But it's the idea of where he always kind of knew what he was doing. Um, this album just sounds like he had to turn in a rap album. And apparently that is the case. Apparently this is his last album that he owed Republic. Mm. And 
it sounds like again not to say it's a bad album but there's nothing here of of meat or weirdness and and I think I would almost applaud a terrible like Kid Cudi album because it'd be fun to hear him sing terribly. Everything here is serviceably serviceably fine. You have oops, sorry. You've got like an hour worth of songs. You know, you've got DJ Drama. You've got Pharrell. You've got some guest appearances. Like every on on paper, this is a rap album, and that's as far as it goes. Yeah, it, this album was really disappointing, and I I I, I feel you on Kid Cudi. Um, look, I, I think Kitty Cudi came like a kid named Cudi is, is probably one of my favorite mixtapes of all time. Um, and I I remember like Man on the Moon one being like a disappointment to me. Um, and then like two obviously was pretty good, and he's been had he's been very inconsistent, uh, ever since in my opinion. Um, like Speeding Bullet to Heaven was his rock album. I had some like really cool ideas, but it was like way too long. It's like a double disc, you know. Um, and you know, like yeah, like his production with Riot Tat was really great. Like you know, Pursuit of Happiness was like really cool. Um, like you know, ended up being a pop song, like pop song. Same with like Day and Night. Like it's like really cool to see, but he's been fairly inconsistent, I think, uh, as an artist. And I agree with that. Having that said, I, I yeah, it's just like. It's really weird this album because I don't necessarily know what he was trying to do. Like, like it just everything sounded so lazy to me. Yeah, and it's I, yeah. No, yeah. go on. Go, it's, it's it's like usually he has swings and misses. This is all bunts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like the same production. It's you know, there's not a lot of variation in what he's trying to do. Um, you know, he's. I kind of trying to like maybe to be a trap rapper on some songs. I don't know. Like it's just it was just like a very weird album, and not like weird in the sense of like Lil Yachty doing <laughs> weird <laughs> stuff, but like weird in the sense of like I just couldn't. I don't understand the concept, and it, it's a weird thing. Like like speaking of Lil Yachty, like I feel like there's people now that are kind of doing Kid Cudi better than Kid Cudi do, is doing, right? Yeah. And I just don't know. Like I don't know. Um, kind of. I, again, like there's people I know who are Kikai fans that swear by him, and I think a lot of that is more of the aesthetic, right? He was like one of the first rappers uh, to talk about mental health, right? He's, and I think a lot of people like kind of latched onto that and gravitated toward that. Um, but yeah, like it's just very inconsistent. And the crazy thing is, it's still kind of the same producers from his mixtape. Like Plain Pat is still on there, you know. Clams Casino is, is is producing on his album. It's still like the same people he was working with more or less like 15 years ago um, when Kid, Kid Named Cuddy came out. Um, so it's just kind of surprising that like like the sound has like devolved instead of evolved. Agreed, and and I think and you nailed me just like you know his kids doing Kid Cudi, but Kid Cudi's doing Kid Cudi because think about his career, right? His first song effectively became this huge hip house hit. You know, what I'm saying day and night, he was doing psychedelic rock with fucking you know Pursuit of Happiness. Like he's somebody where he was always again. I'm not, I was never I was never a fan consistently of his execution, but he always had an eye. And so, like you said, it, it is bizarre kind of hearing him. I can't even say play it safe, but it's just like the beats aren't really anything special. You know, even the Pharrell beat is kind of cool, but not anything that's really like like yeah. mind-blowing. 
And like I said, it's weird because I always respected Cuddy. I was never a big fan, but I could see like, all right, you know, dude came out with a double rock album of him obviously playing the guitar. Not terribly, but not terribly well either. And then trying to make it happen. And again, I respect that. You know, it may not be for me. It may suck, but you could see somebody coming into the studio trying to do something of purpose. And this just feels like a... I can even say a hard drive dump because I'd, I'd actually be interested in some old school Cuddy B-sides. And it sounds like he just kind of had to like pump out a rap album. And this was the, he's like, oh shit, you know, that Tyler record was cool. I'll get DJ Drama to kind of give it some energy. You know, he'll take these limp tracks, speak over some of them, and then here's my record. And it's kind of depressing. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. And, and if you're artists out there, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. Like, because, you know, art, because, you know, sometimes when you like, like, I forgot, I was, like, talking, there's, like, some, like, movie director or something, and they're talking about, like, yeah, like, we don't know if the movie sucks until we get to the <laughs> editing room, and we're like, oh, shit, this movie sucks, and the studio <laughs> won't give me any money for, like, reshoots, right? So we just gotta, like, put out the sucky movie, and, like, that, you know, um, I kind of wonder if the same thing's happening on, for, like, you know, this, where it's just, like, you're recording a lot of albums, you know, tracks, like, you know, maybe there's like, you know, some label meddling or it's like something like that. And you're just kind of like, well, I got to put it out. Or is it like, Cuddy's like, this is my best work. Right. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just like, it's, it's, it's very interesting and, and kind of weird how I, I think like, you know, this album maybe has come together. So I'm kind of curious yeah. about that. You know, I would love to know the portion board of my nose teased for a while. And, you know, it's, it's, what's weird about him is he's seeing somebody who doesn't really work on, on timelines per se. So I don't know, but like I said, and it is interesting that it came out in what's usually seen as a dead month beginning of January. But at the same time, like I said, it's, he's somebody where he, in his not giving a fuckness made him very interesting. And in here it just seems like he just literally does not, just does not care. So even like yeah. I'm just doing criminal shit, just like, you know, bump it out. We'll deal with it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll pivot a little bit. I'll, I'll throw my my selection first. Twenty One Savage dropped his uh, American Dream album. You know, much hype of Donald Glover. You know, quote unquote playing Twenty One Savage. I haven't seen the movie. I have heard the album, and um, it's solid. Like I, I will say that I think I do prefer. Uh, I think it was Metro Boomin was a, was the last one, the one of Morgan Freeman kind of narrating. Which was that? Mm. The, that was Metro. Yeah. yeah. So I think his that mixtape was much better i think there was much more effort to a certain extent i think with his kid cuddy trying to make a a bigger album trying to tie it to the themes of him tell his own story and you know how he almost got deported you know again which i'll take because lord knows you know i was going at travis scott for like for all the things he went through during the show up in the music it definitely shows up a 21 savage's current album and it's a solid piece of work i, I will say this much I think that I wish there was a little bit more fun with the record. I think that to a certain extent, it kind of has a morose thing on top of it. Because at the end of the day, I won't say 21 Savage is a funny rapper, but he's definitely known for like fun one-liners, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. So I think that it's just him a little bit out of his lane, but at the same time, I respect it. You know, like, like you know, particularly in comparison to like, you know, the Kid Cudi record, which is still almost back to back, where you've got this guy trying to elevate his art, trying to do something a little different. It's a swing and a miss in some circumstances, but it's still a very solid record. So I'll fucking take it, honestly. And then, yeah, so like, I, I, would I kind of highly recommend it? No. But if you fuck with 21 Savage, you know what you're getting, and it's just a, a, a solid 21 Savage record. Cool, cool. I, I will definitely check that out. Um, and then really quickly for me, uh, I got <laughs> Heart Pivot. <laughs> <laughs> 
because this is what the algorithm has been sending to me, guys. Uh, Dana and Alden, uh, the the album is called Quiet Music for Young People. Uh, Look, it's it's basically like if you like like you know bad bad not good. If you like Andre three thousand flute album, uh, if you like that vibe, that's what this is. It's actually a pretty decent jazz album um, with a lot of indie rock tendencies, if that makes Ooh. sense. Um, and when they play jazz, they actually really dope. Like they're from Berkeley College of, of Music. When they actually try to sing, it's kind of, it's it's almost like um. What's that? What's that group like the the French girl and the uh, like? Um, Domi and Beck. Yeah, like 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 they they should not sing uh, <laughs> because like it's it's very history, you know, kind of like the Domi and JD Beck albums. Like very like I don't know, like like oh let's go. Like, they have a song called Let's Go to Trader Joe's. That that's a skip. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm being like Pitchfork. <laughs> Uh, you know, somebody has to carry the mantle, but um, but no, like like outside of that, um, there's some tracks that are just like really solid. Um, Dragonfly is a really solid kind of like jazz track, almost like a kind of quasi jazz epic, and uh, yeah, it's just a kind of a really cool um, you know algorithm recommended to me while I was like working. Really cool album to play in the background, um, and it's on that same vibe when you want something that's kind of instrumental. Um, jazzy, um, like I said, got some indie rock tendencies in a little bit as well. Um, and it's just like a, a cool find, so uh, shout out to them. Awesome, awesome. I'll give it definitely give it a listen. Like, I, I, I like the idea of where it's gonna be interesting because I think that. So, I will take the idea of there's a lot of young white jazz artists that are kind of playing a lot of jazz. We're taking it out of the realm, you know, like I like like I said, it's the idea of this taking no lessons, kind of bringing it around or almost making fun of it, like Domi and Beck. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting because they do have chops. So it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like what Glasper does when he's live, where it's like he tries to have fun with it. At the same time, it's gonna be interesting because it is serious music to a certain extent. And so the way Glasper's able to get away with it is because he's got a history in hip hop and gospel and RB, yeah. like he's got bona fides. So it's 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 definitely kind of borderline with some of these cats, but at the same time, I'll take anybody enjoying anything in these in the street in dark times. Yeah, that's a, a, I feel like that's another conversation because yeah, like it, it's like a very weird thing, and jazz is 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 a weird genre because they speaking of gatekeepers, there are a lot of gatekeepers, um, and you know obviously there could be a reaction to like the whole stodginess of jazz, but also when you try like make fun of like the genre you also run the risk of making fun of the history of the yeah. genre that is still maligned to this day so agree uh, 120 yep 100 percent. Yeah. yeah yeah i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to tell you yeah. white people <laughs> like, <laughs> you, know. you, you had your white jazz era keep keep the hip-hop you know, keep, keep supporting young gravy keep keep, keep it over there <laughs> You already left jazz. We're, we're reclaiming it slowly. Don't don't come back. We we got this. We trust us. We got this. <laughs> you know, you can come back in like ten years after we fix it up again. <laughs> uh, but on that note, you know, we just want to reach out to you. We love y'all. Stay warm if you're in a warm climate. You know what I'm saying? I mean, cold climate. I wanted to say. You know, it's, it's brick out there. As New Yorker said, dead ass. Dead ass. Dead ass brick. Dead ass. It's Tim's weather. Tim's bubble goose weather. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you have a 700 fill North Face. Puffer out there, you know what I'm saying? 
the fucking ski mask, you know, the glo- isotonal gloves. <laughs> <laughs> the kids don't know about the isotoners. You know what I'm saying? Something as much Gore-Tex as possible. You know, even though it's waterproof, it's the, you gotta have the Gore-Tex's magical, magical properties there. You know what I'm saying? And that's all, man. Just, just, just stay out there, stay woke in the black sense, and stay. we love y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.